Today on Criminal Minds, we talk about sinkholes and lots of them. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to AfterBuzz TV. We are here doing the Criminal Minds After Show. Season 12, episode 11, Surface Tension. I'm your host, Marissa Serafini. You can follow me on Twitter at TV. Joining me, I have... Michelle Cullen, and you can find me on Twitter at Michelle underscore Cullen. Yes, Chris is not here, unfortunately, but don't worry, he'll be back. Surface Tension. What were your quick thoughts of this episode? Quick thought. Overall, it was interesting. We haven't had a religious base on sub in a while. In a while, yeah. So it was kind of... and. I love just how different they make it each time. Because when you look at it objectively, it's like, okay, here is a religious killer. Here's a religious killer. But every single time, it's a very, very different, unique situation. Oh, of course. And um, and I think that's the the cool thing about Criminal Minds. Yeah, we have Sarah Killer every week, but and it could get very repetitive. In, so, in some aspects, it, it can. But it's always different and i think after 12 years they still make it really original every week they do it's just it shows in a very dark way that even though everything may appear the same it's all unique yes so that let's talk about this unique episode shall we we'll start with uh victimology a victimology as always at the beginning of the episode where we find out we're in tampa florida yes and uh, what were your thoughts of this cadaver scene? Yeah, it was just, <laughs> the Emmy. I've never been drawn to the medical profession, so kudos to everyone who does. I took a tour of UCLA, and they were like, that's where we keep the dead bodies. And everyone laughed on the tour, and they were like, no, really. That's where <laughs> those are where the cadavers are. And I was like, oh, God. Um, so I don't know. Like, I guess you have to find humor in your work. Apparently they days. did. Um the head coroner, though, was much more respectful and was and had that interesting talk about how our time is temporary. We just inhabit these vessels. They're just things. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was cool. But playing with a dead body is just not, it's not cool. It's not cool. <laughs> well, it's like you got to remember that. Like, that was a real person not that long ago. Yep. And especially now learning later, and we'll get to it, but learning later that he was like a really good guy and now you're like pretty much defiling his body. He just yeah. makes you feel bad. And he doesn't get more. in trouble for it. Like that's another interesting thing. He gets thing. away like, with it. He's a he's a medical student playing with a dead body and he gets scolded and then like it just shows the different Mm-hmm. Realm, I don't know, but also their their mentality of cadavers, like they're they're not people anymore. They're just things. Yeah. So I mean, but you got to remember, you do have to be respectful because they were people once. They were people, and they had families, and yes, yes, they did. But we find out on this cadaver that there's a weird marking on the arm. Yes. Did Did you like just the first sign of this unusual mark? Could you figure out what it was? I couldn't figure out what it was, but it did remind me of the last time that someone was following a template, um, which became clear when the second line was drawn. Yeah. Um, Because we saw the second one first, and then they pulled up a picture of the first victim. Yes. uh, And a picture was being lined. So it reminded me of, I'm terrible because I don't remember the season, but the, um, the killer, she was a female who was following... Uh, the stars, yeah, in the sky, yeah. yeah she and was Prentice finishing, she it was out. finishing her part, partner's work, yeah. 
season um, four. That's what it reminded me of a little bit. No, that was a great episode, and that was the episode uh, um, Derek got thrown out the window. Oh, yeah. <laughs> great episode, you guys. <laughs> we Solid should go back. And, yep. Yes, the, and Prentice figured that out. Yeah. Like, that's how I remember it, because that was just an amazing moment for her. Um, yes, but these victims, now we find there's two bodies with unusual markings. Of course, the BA unit goes and figures it out. Eventually. Uh, yeah. Eventually. But there. the interesting thing is, okay, so the first victim was Helen Bollinger. She died in a car 10 days earlier, found with 50 sleeping pills in her system. But they ruled it a suicide. That yeah. doesn't seem suicide. That... That's interesting because I don't I don't know what the um, level needs to what the level of evidence needs to be to meet investigation for potential homicide, but just that weird bureau- that bureaucratic line of of we didn't have enough evidence gathered to say that it's not a suicide, but guys, it's probably not a suicide. Probably like, not. that's a weird. I don't like that. No, I think that's really unfortunate because if that. It was technically misdiagnosed as a suicide. How many other cases are like actually something else and something else, and they don't meet the threshold of evidence or whatever it is? Yeah, it just makes me wonder, like, how many other cases are out there that are actually incorrect? Yeah, based on quote unquote evidence or lack thereof. Yes. Um, So Helen Bollinger was our first one, and we find out she worked at the the soup kitchen. She was a nice. Um, volunteer there and the second person who was the cadaver at the beginning George Finley he died of a heroin overdose yes that was yeah like I don't I don't know how you could rule those a suicide I really don't objectively I mean if If, you think about it like if you take it out of context like people have overdosed on medication that is true, and um, someone There who's... are cases where people have overdosed on sleeping pills. Yep, and then someone could get depressed on the streets and shoot up a bunch of heroin and mm-hmm. overdo it and die, I guess, uh, objectively. Yeah. Yeah, so, but it was to the point where, when we find out more about them, that these are pretty much star citizens, yep. and they would never do that. They would yep. never ingest 50 sleeping pills or self-inject heroin. Yep. Because George Finley ran a... Uh, a drug rehab center, so it'd be ironic he actually died from drugs. Yeah. Um, I thought this was interesting. Um, did you find this connection in any way? Like, it, did you pick up on this connection knowing that these people died ironically from this unsub? I didn't. I didn't pick up on that connection so much as it as the soup kitchen type uh, situation. Right. Like that made sense to me. I. I think that the methods of suicide were matters of convenience. She had those sleeping pills in her home. Mm-hmm. So that was how it went. Because moving forward later in the episode, he has two different guns. Yes. And that's how he tries to... That's how he does Owen and his wife, and then how he tries to handle... Yeah, coerce. Yeah. Um, yeah, because we find out because these are unlikely deaths from the actual victims themselves they would never do this that it had to be out of force which i liked how they picked that up real quick yeah um but let's go in a little bit into the unsub before we move on to the other victims but the unsub i were you surprised he was a young guy to an extent we never really got a definitive age on him we just know that in his young 20s his parents were swallowed by a sinkhole 
Which, so, yeah, he's young 20s, I guess, because they said that the killing started soon after that. Sorry. I thought that through all the way. <laughs> yeah. Got there. Not a definitive 20 <laughs> in the like, age, yeah. but, like, er, it looked like early, early mid-20s. Early, yeah. um, but I, I was just really surprised of the whole religious, somewhat theological connection that they had with the unsub and sinkholes. I wouldn't yeah. have put those two together. No, the sinkhole thing threw me off when Alves um, shared that idea. And I was like, that is grasping at straws. I don't... I Yes, it's weird that the sand is there. Yes, you should follow that. Mm-hmm. I don't understand, though. I, I didn't understand where it was going. Yeah, me neither. And, well, the, we've, we've seen from other episodes, like, every time an unsub dumps a body somewhere, they usually, like, take into account what kind of location it was. Yep. And the fact that these bodies were dumped in... Like run down, decrepit areas. Yeah, decrepit yeah. areas. Um, I, I think Elvis was really smart to pick that up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, I, it was just. I mean, I, I'll like. I accept the fact that Elvis is smart. Um, I, I liked how he he brought that because I wouldn't pick that up. But the the conversation with Reed and him over the phone when they're trying to explain sinkholes was like above me. Yep. <laughs> I related to Rossi really strongly <laughs> yeah. in that moment. Rossi and Prentice. And, and we're Prentice, like, yep, yep, we would chime in too if we knew anything if, about yep. sinkholes, cover subsidence sinkholes, and cover collapse sinkholes. Ugh. Which are actually interesting. I didn't realize like how many different types of sinkholes yeah. there are. Or like the actual definitive names for, for them. Um, cover subsidence, subsidence, I can't even say. Cover subsidence Sinkholes are where the ground gradually form a depression over weeks, which I thought. And cover collapses, which I think everyone really knows are the terrifying ones when the earth just collapses in. Yep. That happens within seconds. Yep. So, uh, but we find out this unsub is dumping these bodies at the the first, the cover subsidence sinkholes. Yes. For the most part, in those areas. Yeah. 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 But uh, gotta love Garcia figuring this out also because we find out that there were other victims ten, uh, three years ago um, that mm-hmm. were were killed, but like the MO was different, and they're like, is this the same guy, even though the MO and the types of victims are completely different? Yeah. So, like, what happened within those three years? That was interesting. And ten months, really. They, they were looking for that ten-month gap that sweet spot between the crimes yeah Mm -hmm. that was so weird that was his family upbringing and something probably within him as a person led him to become a killer and he was by all definitions of the history of this show he was a pretty typical serial killer unsubbed messed up by his parents yep what yeah what were your thoughts of fred and marnie jarvis and their whole background that led the unsub, led Bryce Jarvis to do what he was doing. I'm not sad that they fell in a sinkhole. Oh, yeah. Me neither. Like, that's the nicest way I can put that. That's that is very just, true. That is not a nice family upbringing by any <laughs> sense of the phrase. No. Huh. Uh, yeah. Uh, when we were learning more about Fred and Marnie, it was like they had a spiritual center outside of their car, so it was like obviously not properly government funded. They converted um, their two car garage into an Old Testament church, basically. Yeah, like pretty much. Only the Old Testament, also some other crazy stuff. And they were selling ointment that would actually physically repel Satan. 
We never found out what that was made out of. I want a closure on that. Yeah, I was like, like, what could it possibly have been? Like, I wanted Garcia to pull up a defunct file. <laughs> like, what was this ointment? What was the name? Yeah. Um, yeah, I. this was one of those moments, and, like, granted, I love Chrome Lines. It's brilliant, but this was one of those moments when we got all this information. I'm like, yep, I'll go with it. <laughs> right. Yep. Like, I yep. was like, this is really left field, but I'll go with it. I accept it. Um, it was extreme enough for me to believe that these parents truly messed up Bryce's life. Yes. As a kid. Um, but knowing that the parents pretty much denounced him as a child and Bryce kind of felt the same way. Yeah. Um, in reverse. Uh, I, I kind of felt bad for Bryce, though. A little bit. Well, especially he couldn't hold down a job. He had no money. He had... That was... It was either that or be homeless, which ties into the shelters, yeah. potentially. Um, but I can't imagine, like, living with someone you hate knowing that they hate you, too. Mm-hmm. And just having that be your existence day in and day out. That that cannot be good for your psyche. No. Your well-being. Your no. life. Uh, none whatsoever. And until the day, April 2015, apparently, when the world collapsed and had his parents, Fred and Marnie, literally fell down in a sinkhole and they died. They fell into the earth and went boom. Pretty much went into the pits of hell, I'm, as Bryce thought of it was. I'm not sure how he got out. If the house collapsed... They said he crawled out. He crawled out. He, he, is, he managed to escape. Maybe the main house was more protection than a, the two-car garage. Yeah. I just thought, because, you know, they were always questioning, and, you know, the BAU team was questioning, like, what happened within, you know, this this 10-month period, because we were always talking about the episodes and people's stressors. Like, something major had to happen in his life for killings to go off like this. And I, it was just it, a big surprise to me. I didn't see sinkholes as a thing. Be like, oh, that was a big enough thing for me to go off and start killing people. Yeah. I think it had to do with whatever his parents were preaching in their two-car garage church um, that had to do with the pits of hell and him living through that moment and seeing his parents probably not seeing them but seeing the giant hole that swallowed his parents up probably solidified his belief in hell and the fact that he could send people there it's true it's true yep um i i thought it was interesting uh i thought the whole twist though i didn't see did you see this twist coming that he was aiming for seriously like upright citizens to go to hell i don't essentially yeah, no, that was an interesting twist. I don't know what that served to accomplish within mm. his MO, um, but it was clearly as as satisfying as what I imagine the sexual assault factor was to help clear his psyche. Right. I was just surprised, like, why choose good, seemingly good citizens to go to hell when they've done literally nothing bad to him? Because you saw all the, you saw his interaction with that Eleanor, yeah, who was the third victim. Um, actually, she was the fourth person. We had Owen Sims as well, yeah. um, but Eleanor, who like actually treated him really good, yeah, you know, and like offering food to him at the that shelter there. But I was just questioning why he's targeting good citizens. Where you think his MO would be targeting other people who who have, you know, transgressions against him into hell. I mean, I think it has something to do with the with the symbol he was writing on every single one of his victims because that was the constellation of Satan. 
Yes. So I think he the thought Ficus he was... Star Cluster. I think he, he thought he was Satan's buddy. Like, just helping him out, giving him bodies, sending him to Dante's circles of hell. Mm-hmm. Just throwing him down holes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it was just like, why send good pe- people who treat tr- and treated him well to hell, where you think it would be for people who treated him bad he was sent to hell instead. That would make more sense, but if he really thinks he's serving the devil, um, he might want to send the most righteous souls down because they'll be tortured the most. Hmm. I don't know. I haven't read Dante's Inferno. It's on my list. I read a long time ago. I'm trying to remember. Not that it's really mentioned in this. That's a different episode that deals with Dante's Inferno. (laughs) That's very true. That's a messed up episode. Go back to that episode. (laughs) Um, Um, But... (laughs) I like yeah. the, the Ophica Star Cluster because, again, I did not see this coming. Yep. And that was pretty much the constellation of the devil. The The different points on, of it, on, on the Star Cluster was pretty much a map of where the dumping grounds were. I... It's probably because I'm terrible at topography and directions. I did <laughs> really, really bad in... Um, what is it called? I don't even know what it's called. I'm, that's how bad I was. <laughs> Finding your directions in the woods on purpose with a compass. There you go. What is that called? I don't know either. <laughs> so you were not a girl it scout. It starts with a no. It's fine. Okay. Um, I was in JROTC. I just walked on a straight path, and that's how I cheated. <laughs> um, but, like, knowing how a constellation in the sky lines up on the ground and finding dump sites, I just... That sounds like so much work. That does. <laughs> and I was just surprised that Florida has hundreds of sinkholes that we just don't know about. I was really hoping an alligator would be involved. Like, <laughs> I want an alligator to be involved in a Florida case. It'd make more sense if an alligator swallowed up yes. people instead of sinkholes. Um, that's a whole different show <laughs> as well. Different. Um, that's a show that should go on, like, Animal Planet or yeah. something. Or A Thousand Ways to Die. Um, we shouldn't joke about that because that's serious. Uh, but, yeah, I thought it was interesting. Um, but if you think about it, uh, Florida, you know, with all the tsunamis and, you know, just the physical environment that they always have to deal with, Mother Nature mm-hmm. ruining the landscape there, it makes sense that there'd be a lot of sinkholes It does in that state. It, it definitely does. It's kind of like, I don't know, I know mudslides are more common here. Mm-hmm. But I think I've seen video of a couple of it, but it's the same concept of a lot of rainwater or ocean water um, and making salt water making well. and salt water um, desolidifying the ground, making it more susceptible to change. And you see the videos of roads just collapsing because they're no longer structurally sound. Mm-hmm. And that happens after heavy rainfall. So. Like, yeah, it could happen anywhere, and it is terrifying. Those videos are that's, absolutely yeah. terrifying. That's scary. And when you just even just look at it, there's like no, you can't see the bottom of it. It's literally an empty or like an abyss it's that you're looking hole. into. You're yep. like, what? Um, scary stuff. Scary stuff. Um, yeah, and we had the poor Owen Sims, who was like another victim who uh, had, who was also shot. He shot himself. Yep. But the unsub also shot his wife. Sad. Yeah. What what I found really sad was like with all this, but also really smart on the unsub, and I wish that that they kind of went into this a little bit deeper. Was that the unsub was smart enough to pretty much kind of stalk his victim's early hand, yeah, to coerce them and take something personal and use that as collateral. Yep. 
They like yeah, they really uh, didn't show any of that. No, but because we we know that the unsub went to Helen Bollinger's house, got her sleeping pills like before days before he even killed her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the, there was pictures of the kids. Like I, I have your kids. I'll you know do harm to them. So I, I think it was just really sad that he knew these people on some level. But they didn't really touch upon that. Yeah. Other than the fact that was the only way that he can make these victims kill themselves. Yeah. Was do something against him. Yeah. I wish they would have gone a little more into that because it would have been, even if it was just in that room with all the candles and the heat lamp that he was burning himself on, if there was a computer that had, you know, all of the research and stocking and whatever open. Yeah, I think that would have satisfied me a little bit more on that, but just for him to inherently know all of these details about that family, but we never get to see that. It was a little like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's the only right. way that these victims would actually self-harm themselves. Yeah. If he had something more personal on them. Um, I thought that was sad, but they kind of glossed over that. Uh, what What were your thoughts of him, you know, that self-burning and self-effacing more so it was an interesting form of corporal punishment it was it was because what is the cinch belts or whatever that's yeah i I associate that with the da vinci code and opus day which is probably but that's what i think of but that was a weird unorthodox way for self-repentance I, I guess, I guess. self harm, self repentance. I guess, and I, I wish they went a little bit more into that because like, we just saw his, him if burn his parents himself. Burned him, yeah, and that was something that, if or if that made him feel like he was closer to hell, maybe, maybe, I don't know. It closer was, to Satan. It was disturbing to watch. It was like, literally, and he was doing it over and over and over again. Yeah. Um. But other than that, oof, goodness. Ugh. Uh, yeah, so the, they had the, based on the Ophica star cluster, they found out where he was dumping these bodies next. JJ and Elvis, take them down. I thought that was great. Yes. But let's get into the, uh, a big storyline in this episode. Reed comes back. Reed is back. Reed is finally oh, back, you guys. We missed him. Oh my goodness. I'm, yeah, we all missed him. And just the fact that he was gone for two episodes, two, three episodes. Two or three. Yeah. Um, felt like a lifetime. It did, <laughs> honestly, yeah. because just the way that they catch the unsubs is it seems. I don't want to say slower, but it's just it seems a way more drawn out version than the fact like if he brings Reed's brain. awesome brain yep. in that he can figure it out faster. Yeah, he's he's a unique character for their team. Oh, because he definitely. can read twenty thousand words a minute per minute, <laughs> um, which is. Awesome. Yes. But and he also brought his mother back with him. What were your... I mean, we love Jane Lynch. Yes. Uh, what were your thoughts of Jane? As she Diane. gave a mm. phenomenal performance. Yes. And it just... Stunning. It, even though it's been... Gosh, what is it? Math is hard. Eight years? It's been eight years since she's been on the show, season yeah. four. It didn't feel like she was missing. It didn't feel awkward. It just... And she looks the exact same too. She does. God, woman she's is a aging flawless well. woman. Yeah, she's great. Um, I watched Glee, so yep. I was a big fan of Glee. So. She's a very powerful actress. Oh, she's great, and she's funny too. If yep. you ever watch Hollywood Game Night, I'm just <laughs> listing all of her shows. All of her. She's amazing. I'm a big fan of Jane Lynch. Uh, yeah, I thought this was a great performance, and we we find out that Reed 
takes her out of the um, clinic there in Houston. Yeah. And, but, what, okay, what were your thoughts of Reed taking his mom out of professional care and into his own house? I think that he thought he could handle it because he's a genius. Um, with, and he has PhDs in psychology and sociology, I believe, um, mm-hmm. in addition to several other degrees. Everything. Um, but then Jane, uh, Diana tells that beautiful story about when he was three or four and he wanted to be a tightrope walker and he thought that his brain could solve it, but it just, it wasn't about the math. It was just about, like, he, he loved doing it. He couldn't do it. And he couldn't get across, um, but he tried so hard to solve it and fix it. And it was just, it was very well written mm-hmm. because it spoke volumes about what he was trying to do, what he's trying to do now. Yeah. Where he thinks he can find the right medicine, he thinks that he can fix his mom, um, and he thinks he can make it better. Yeah, I love this. The, this showed like a really vulnerable side of Reed, and I like the storylines that like get like peel away the layers of our BAU team that we love. Um, I, I thought this that was a great scene um, between the whole tight walking story. But it also shows that Reed, as smart as a genius as he is, he is also human as well. Yep. And he's not capable of everything that he thinks he is. Um, it, it just made him more human. It did. I Which I enjoyed. Yeah. And I think that's the side that we needed to show that Yes, he is technically a doctor. He may not be able to fix his mother. Yeah. That's sad, the realization. Um, I loved I loved Diana, though, and how she, <laughs> when she met Mrs. Campbell, <laughs> um, I kind of felt bad for Mrs. Campbell. Yeah. But what, what my question is, what do you think that questionable medicine liquid was that Reed was giving her? I'm not sure. When we see her pouring it down the toilet, and it, they literally have a fight over it. It looks what like it, it could have been holistic herbal mm. stuff because the pills weren't working. Science it, wasn't working. I don't know. doesn't seem legal either because no. Reed was like, do you have any idea what I went through to get that for you? Yep, and that's <clears throat> another reason that kind of makes me think it might be something holistic made from the earth or something unorthodox in that sense is that like the ingredients might not exist anymore or maybe not um that was kind of a scary moment though because like that got physical that got very physical well it was a scary moment that the bathroom door was locked because that's just a terrifying concept no matter what um because you never know what you're going to find on the other side of the door and then she Mm -hmm. was dumping that medicine and then spencer got really mad which was also something we don't see that often. Yeah. Um, and then the physical altercation happened. And I I personally don't know anyone with Alzheimer's or dementia. I feel very blessed that that is my life situation at this moment. But I can't imagine the pain and horror that like someone must feel when they're looking at someone that they love, that they've spent their entire life growing up with and knowing and not having them recognize them anymore. Yeah, and there there were those moments where she was questioning all these things, and you can obviously tell her her mind is starting to go with this mm-hmm. Alzheimer's. But the the bad thing is is that she's also not only is she developing Alzheimer's, she's also schizophrenic. Yes, so that's a double whammy, and her mind is just going to play tricks on her for yep. the rest of her life. Yep, and 
that's a sad realization that Reed has to deal with. That he has to face and he hasn't faced it yet. Yeah. I don't think as smart and brilliant as he is, like everything he can, it's out of his hands. Yep. And I think that's why he went to Miss Campbell and get actual professional help from the agency. Yeah. Like, I have to take care of my mom. Yep. Well, and it was interesting because at first he went outside of the agency and he found a private caretaker who left after not even one day. And then he needed help and he needed help in that moment. So he went to the agency um, and they they got something situated and they got someone who's going to come watch her in the night. Watching him tie her wrist to the bed was heartbreaking. Yeah. Oh, just there were just so many powerful moments that I know are building up to something huge. Mm -hmm. um, That I'm apprehensive for. Yeah, I'm 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 anxious for it in in a bad way. (laughs) Yeah, very anxious. Um, she's supposed to be in one more episode. Yes, yes, yes. So her storyline is not over yet, but I think the this is a slow burn to something. Yeah. I think she's in for two and a half episodes. Yeah, great. So this so entire yeah. this entire Spencer arc that's happening right now. Yeah, uh, it's it's going to be interesting because even during all of this, uh, we we get Rossi and JJ, and JJ. Like, the, the, just the general concern for her friend and co-worker. Um, she also says on the plane, I have a bad feeling. Yep. So, and mothers know. I was going to say, it's a mother's instinct. It's real. It's happening. Something yeah. bad is going to happen. Yeah, something bad's going to happen. And if it was from, uh, I mean, because it was from JJ, I believe it. Yep. You know, she and we've seen the episodes where JJ, I mean, her like maternal instincts kick over and that need to protect her family takes over. It's real and yep. it's raw, and she she tackles it. But when she has a bad feeling about someone else's family, it's probably true. Yeah. So I as I hate to admit it, but I think something bad might happen to Diana. Yes, that might take us into predictions. That might maybe, <laughs> but um. <laughs> Overall, I th- uh, what I liked about this episode is that we got everybody in this episode. We like, did. We got the whole BAU unit. The whole gang was together. Yeah, not maybe all together, but they were there. But they were all present. They, they all had lines. They all contributed to solving the case. Yeah, and I thought it was a really well-balanced episode because no, now that they have to write for essentially eight BAU team members, Gosh. I think the lines were nicely dispersed. Yeah. On top of a read, a whole read storyline. Yeah, I think it was it was very balanced. It was a very well balanced yes. episode of chaos. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, so let's get into a little bit of my fun segment profile. 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 <laughs> Got to think of a fun sound effect for that. Profile. Um, the prank involving the dead body in the morgue was played by a real person. That's not a cadaver. That's wondering. a real person. And yeah. I, I was actually, because I'm terrible, at, I can't fully relax. All of that was a really fragmented sentence. But if someone <laughs> tells me to go limp or, like, completely release my neck, I can't do it. I actually tense up more and I focus. So I would be a terrible <laughs> cadaver. Yeah. Be like, I just need you to flop around. It's like, I pro- probably couldn't do it either. But, yeah, it was played by a real person. Wow. A professional ballet dancer with the kind of body control to match the scene. So, yeah. Wow. So you have a professional person who can actually physically move in intricate motions. Um, Very well <laughs> would done, Would not sir. have figured that out. But, yeah, that was amazing. 
um, the team, the design team of Criminal Minds reverse engineered the ink drawings seen on the victims in order for them to line up with the sinkhole disposal sites. So the the whole Opika star cluster, they reversed it. They pretty much flipped it. So it would actually match with the topographical map of Florida. Wow. So it would match up with real Tampa sinkholes. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Look at that. Um, The episode location Tampa was chosen because it has an exceptional number of sinkholes. And the... Yeah, and the Afika Star Cluster is known as the Devil's Constellation, which they mention in yep. the episode. I thought it was great. And, of course, the quotes, we must remember that Satan has his miracles, too. Mm-hmm. That was at the beginning by John Calvin. And then at the end, time moves in one direction, memory in another. I think it's interesting we went from, like, Satan to, like, a more meaningful, deeper... Um, kind of topic. Yeah, like the first quote was directly relating to the case and the second quote was directly relating to the character arc of Spencer. Yeah, to read. uh, Definitely. Um, And a little bit of news and gossip, actually. After Buzz TV News. Yeah, so we... This show has been off for like two weeks, but in the two weeks... Criminal Minds took home the Favorite TV Crime Drama Award at the People's Choice Awards in 2017. I was like, yes! Yes. The popular vote matters. No, it does. That's what what a bunch of people said. I'm not going to take credit for that. Yeah, well, the show is still popular, you guys. And I I love the fact that it was more popular, quote-unquote, compared to the other crime dramas that we have on air, still have on air, that this the show's still kicking it. It is. And then uh, there was a nice interview with Adam Rodriguez on uh, Parade.com. Definitely mm-hmm. go check it out, Parade.com. And he dishes on joining Criminal Minds, his, the character dog Roxy, and funny moments with Kirsten Vangsness. Um, cool things about it. It was more so like when he first joined Criminal yeah. Minds. You know, he was on CSI Miami for 10 years, and he's like, I, I was the new guy in this show, and I know what it's like to get into a very already established tight fit unit you know when people work together for so long especially in criminal minds but he's like uh it's been six months now but probably from day two or three i feel like i've been there from the beginning it's such a great group of people from the top down talking about you know working on criminal minds and his cast members and i thought that was really sweet and he, he's a big fan of Erica Messer. He says uh, she's a wonderful showrunner, a creative talent, and a wonderful person. Nice. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, you should, he talks about Roxy, the, you know, the dog, and uh, Roxy will be back from our episodes. Oh, so good. we, get, we get more Roxy. Dog. Yeah, we get more Roxy. And uh, yeah, he's, he's, it was actually a really nice article. Go check it out for more on parade.com with Adam Rodriguez. Um, yeah. So cool. other than that, I have a little news on the Kirsten front. Oh, yes, do Yes. So Kirsten Bangsness is doing a one woman show called Mess this entire month. Um, at Theater of Note. So if you live in Los Angeles and you are a fan of Kirsten and her awesome work, you should definitely go to theaterofnote.com and check out info on that play. It opens tonight, actually, in an hour. And then it runs (laughs) through February 25th. And I will be with her in a little cameo moment on February 17th. So oh, there you go. come check it out. This is so L.A. I love it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's great. And uh, she's she's very big into theater for those who don't know. Um, she's a regular at 
theater of note. She's, she's been a member she's on, for she's board, like yeah. two decades. Yeah, yeah. She, she's been there for a before, long time. Long before Criminal Minds started, she was she was there yeah. performing. Theater is her thing. Um, good for her. So if you are in Los Angeles, go support her at the theater now to check out her yeah. one woman play. Good for her. I love. Right. I love this. I've kind heard of it's shows. amazing. I'm sure it this is. This is its first official run. I'm sure it is. Yeah. I mean, you have Kirsten Vangness, and that's all you need. And her storytelling. And, <laughs> and just her spirit. And just her. Yes, and just that's, her. <laughs> that's all you need. All right, so great episode. In the meantime, where can everyone keep following you? You can find me on Twitter at Michelle underscore Cullen. And you can follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV. You can follow all of us here, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those fun social media platforms at AfterBuzz TV. Keep rating, keep commenting, keep subscribing. We're, we still have, we are at halfway point yes. of this season. So we got more episodes yep, Like coming. eight more episodes. Yeah, more yeah. episodes coming. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and we will see you next time. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 